welcome to another episode of Searching the Catalog, a podcast brought to you by the Queen Anne's County Library, where we, your hosts, find older, overlooked, and unique books to read, review, and recommend. I'm Jasmine, and I read at least one adult fiction and adult nonfiction book per month. And I'm Derek. I read a picture book, a a J book, and a chapter um, novel book of some sort. Um, And our theme this month is local. So let's see how we both interpret it interpreted that and what we found yeah do you want to start yeah sure yeah um mine's kind of topical actually uh i read chadwick the crab by priscilla cummings and in this book in the very first one mm-hmm. it's winter time and it's uh means that chadwick the blue crab has to get ready to burrow into the uh, mud and hide out for the winter with his friends mm-hmm. um He's not very interested in doing that. It seems kind of boring, uh, you know, just chilling in the mud. He, does, he just doesn't want to do that. So in order to avoid his winter diet pause, he starts uh, trying to figure out what he's going to do. Uh, he needs to find some sort of water that's warmer or anything like that. And so as he's devising his plans, he, he goes around and he talks to his different friends, Toulouse the Canada Goose, uh, Hector Specter, the jellyfish who can't ever make up his mind because he's so wishy-washy. Uh, and just a, a host of other characters that are native to the Chesapeake Bay region. Um, it's a really fun book. This is one I actually remember from childhood, and I'm pretty sure you do too. We, we, we have briefly discussed this. Uh, and I don't know. I, I just remember be, like Chadwick holds a very fond place in my heart. Mm-hmm. The story has uh, very large illustrations on every other page, but it kind of looked it has more words than the typical picture book, I would say. Um, this is very much uh, the beginning of uh, like moving away from just learning to read and more reading for a story. Um, so keep that in mind, parents. Uh, if you're planning on checking out Chadwick the Crab, the, the original book is definitely a little more word-heavy, as well as Chadwick Forever. Um, but Chadwick and his Chesapeake Friends is a, a short little rhyming uh, book that just features all the different characters that you see in the uh, very much recommend it. So, what did you manage to find in local? Um, so, uh, I'll start with my, my nonfiction reads. Uh, listeners, you may or may not be aware that we have a Maryland section in our library. Um, it's just after the biographies, and it holds books not just related to, to Maryland, but also to uh, Queen Anne's County and Kent Island. So, um, when we chose this theme, I took a look over there first to see what I could find. And I have Chesapeake Spring by John W. Taylor and Chesapeake, the aerial photography of Cameron Davidson. And I'm pairing the two of them together uh, because I think they complement one, one another pretty well. Uh, Taylor's book is a collection of excerpts from his nature walk journals, along with his illustrations of the wildlife and scenery, while Davidson's aerial photographs of the Chesapeake region um, are obviously the main focus of Chesapeake, the aerial photography of Cameron Davidson. Um, So Taylor was an artist who painted the Chesapeake Bay landscape and its wildlife, um, and according to this little blurb about the author on the back, um, he was also a featured artist at the Easton Waterfowl Festival and had his work shown at the National Wildlife Federation headquarters um, and the uh, Ward Foundation Wildlife Exhibition, uh, among others. Uh, I've never gone to the to the Wildfowl Festival, but I have heard tell of it. Yes, yeah, me too. Yeah. 
Um, and you can see uh, Taylor's art from the get-go with the cover of the book. And the text of the book itself is made up of his field journals that he took over the, the course of 25 years. So it's not one specific Chesapeake spring, but like a collection of uh, bits and pieces of various springs. Um, and according to Taylor, it's, it's like the very best of his observations to sort of make the, the Chesapeake spring. Mm-hmm. Um, and it starts December 26th, goes until June 21st, just entries about what he saw accompanied by related illustrations. Um, and the bird art is especially good. Big fan of birds. <laughs> Love to see them. Uh, Has a great blue heron on the front. Yeah. yeah. And I'm oh, showing yeah. I'm showing Derek, <laughs> Derek pictures um, of some of my favorite some of my favorite little bird. Cute little ducklings. Yeah. Very beautiful. It looks like it was done with colored pencil. Some of those at least. I don't think so. Uh, not that one. Well, because there's that tiny detail that looks like, yeah, like little yeah. individual strokes on that. I mean, they're very easily done with other media, of course. Could, but. Yeah, it could be mixed media. Yeah. Um, so I liked it. Mm-hmm. I, I do enjoy reading this sort of thing. You know, people's journals are diary entries, and this isn't quite daily life. Um, but it's observations of nature walks. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, how could I not... Is it that. mostly him ruminating on nature, or does he talk about like life? It's, it's really, it's really about the nature. Like he's mm-hmm. going about um, what he's seeing, like the the behaviors of the animals that he's observing, um, the types of um, f- just the flora and fauna yeah. of the area. Um, so I think anybody interested in in nature, and especially people interested in local um, mm-hmm. Chesapeake. Um, areas would, would enjoy this. And in the back of the book, there's a list of place names and what county they're in. Oh, so, nice. Yeah, um, as well as the scientific names of the plants and animals that he mentions. Did you happen to notice uh, Queen's County there? I, I know Ken Island has popped up in the future. Okay. Like it had to. Nice. Yeah, Ken Island, Queen's County. Uh-huh. It's, we're in there. Um, so if you're interested in taking your nature walk, this book might be for you. I also read along with that um, Davidson's Chesapeake. Um, it's not quite as big as your usual coffee table book, but I think I would still call it like you know a coffee table book. Yeah. Um, the, the photographs are great. Many many spreads of winding serpentine rivers, um, which is the good stuff. That's what we like to see. Definitely laid on text. There's a foreword um, and there's introductory text for each section of the book, which is divided into upper, middle, and lower bay, mm. but I would say like 95% of the book is just photos. Um, and sometimes you just need to look and appreciate some photos. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and I do think it was nice that after the, the ground level view of Chesapeake Spring, I also got Chesapeake um, to get the bird's eye view mm-hmm. of the region um, from Virginia to New York. And we see a lot more evidence of people in this book, uh, with these fishermen on their boats and the cityscapes. And I also love a good cityscape. Mm-hmm. Um, here we go. There's. Uh, yes. There's um. Fort. Is this one? This is Fort McHenry. Right? Yes, right? yes, yep. that's Fort McHenry. I'm trying to. This is all one yeah. large panorama, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's a good. That's that's really nice. 
we, we went to Fort McHenry on a field trip. <laughs> yeah, we did. When was that? Uh, fourth grade. Fourth grade. Was it fourth grade? Yeah. Do we still have field trips then? Yeah, because we barely ever got to go on field trips after 9-11, but that was one of the few that they let us on, probably because we were holding up an American flag, so they're like, hey, it's for patriotism. Yeah. We were part of the, um, the big American flag. Yeah, yeah, the living American flag as children. But these are all gorgeous, and I, he definitely, I think the reason the book ends up a little bit smaller than, like, a standard coffee table book quote um, is because, like, you know, it, it's set up in landscapes because most of his photos are landscapes. Yeah. It's gorgeous. And it's well printed and everything like that. The colors come through nicely. Good paper, too. Good paper. Who are <laughs> Well, you know, the paper determines photo quality. So you get a you get a personal ground level look at flora and fauna of the area with Chesapeake Spring, and you get the wide expanse with Davidson's aerial photography in Chesapeake. So I think they're they're both worth a perusal. Definitely. I read Perry mm -hmm. Tubman, Secret Agent, How Daring Slaves and Free Blacks Spied for the Union During the Civil War. Um, I ended up choosing this one because under local, uh, you know, Harriet Tubman was actually born in Dorchester County mm -hmm. and lived in, grew up in Maryland and lived in Maryland for part of her life. Mm -hmm. um, she led an incredible life, honestly, uh, ensuring her own and others' freedom. Um, what I really appreciate about this book is that the author, uh, Thomas B. Allen, really pieces together Tubman's early life and resistance of being uh, to being enslaved, and then he kind of like broadens the uh, perspective later on in the story. So it it brings you like kind of like in a personal account, like you know you get a lot of these good anecdotes about what it was like for Harry to live as a slave, and then he opens it up to the experiences of other people who were enslaved. Mm -hmm. And um, what was really interesting to me is. He really lays out an argument in this that a large reason for the Union's victory was because uh, of the blacks who were escaping from the South, um, going for their freedom, bringing information along with them, and basically uh, acting as spies, and in many cases actually going back into Confederate territory to spy and gain more intel for the North. Um, but as I was mentioning, you, you do also get a really good portion of Harriet Tubman's early life and everything like that. The author also includes like really cool primary sources, mm -hmm. or ones that I enjoy at least. Uh, a lot of different um, depictions of uh, thing, like historical events that were going on. And one that I thought was interesting too was he also had the he um, featured the wanted ad from the Bordens for Harriet when she first ran away with her two brothers. Yeah, it's it. It's a really good book for those who are looking to learn about not just like local Maryland, but also for the larger experience of um, blacks within the South and during the context of the Confederacy. Mm -hmm. um, and what I really like about it personally is uh, I've had the pleasure of visiting the Harriet Tubman Museum um, down on the Eastern Shore. Mm -hmm. And uh, what's really cool about the Harriet Tubman Underground Railroad National Historic Park is that uh, they actually, like, a lot of the environment of it is still within the Blackwater Refuge. Mm -hmm. So when you go there, you, you get to see the land for what it was like when Harriet was there surviving off of it. Um, so I, I found that really, um, it really connects back to the local thing. You, you really do get a sense of that. And also, like, one of the things I learned is most, there were a lot, 
there were millions of slaves within the United States, and only a very, very small portion of them uh, were actually able to escape along the Underground Railroad and things like that. And that's one of the things that I appreciate that the book brings to light is that it mentions that all pe- persons who endured um, being enslaved uh, had very much different experiences across the states. And it's while sometimes I feel like it's treated monolithically. Mm-hmm. And, but yeah, so I, I would like to recommend to, to all to read Thomas B. Allen's Harriet Tubman's Secret Agent, How Daring uh, Slaves and Free Blacks Spied for the Union During the Civil War. There's a lot of really cool stories about how different slaves were able to bring, like as I mentioned, specific, very specific intel mm-hmm. that uh, enabled the Union to win. And you read, you, you were looking at like quite a few Harriet Tubman books. I did. As I recall. I did. So this was the this was like the cream of the crop. This yeah. was the best of the best. Um. Yes, definitely. I did like Nathaniel Hale's um, graphic novel. I've talked about him. Those are fairly popular, and I think a lot of people are picking that one up. Also, this is an actual novel novel, so mm-hmm. I was looking for something that was like nice and textual. What's really cool is honestly the the font of it. Mm-hmm. it it's it's kind of in like one of those like old timey newspaper fonts, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And so it just I don't know. Reading it, it had like this nice feel to it and everything like that you get you get all the history aspects, you get Tommen's personal life. It just I think offers a very good perspective. Mm-hmm. And um, what I also do enjoy about or appreciate, I guess I would say, about this one, is that I think it stayed fairly true to her lived experiences and didn't shy away from some of the harsher things she had to endure in her life. So, one of my fiction choices for this month, um, I read Final Closing, which is a murder mystery by Barbara Lee, who at the time of publication was living in Columbia, Maryland. Um... This is the second in a series called the Chesapeake Bay Mysteries, and I didn't know that when I got it, but I think it was easy enough to jump right into. Um, So, a murder mystery. I think this is the first time either of us have have discussed um, a murder mystery for the podcast. I think. Murder bot may have... Did no, someone die in that? Like, well, and the, like, there's there's a mystery. Around. There, there was a little bit of mystery there, but I wouldn't say really it was a. It wasn't focused on that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It was more, more sci-fi aspect than, mm-hmm. than straight up murder mystery. All right. Yeah, I'll give it to you. So, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> um, I read a lot of murder mysteries in high school. Mm-hmm. Got kind of burned out by them. So this is the first murder mystery in a long time that I've actually read. Um, so I'm not new to the genre, but uh, this wasn't bad. It's a it's a quick, easy read. Mystery itself wasn't too convoluted. There are some decent red herrings. Um, so final closing is about Eve Elliott, who is a 40-year-old ex-advertisement agency worker who is now living with her aunt in a fictional part of Anne Arundel County as a real estate agent. Oh, final closing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know how they always they always do that. A little. Yeah. Cause, so then it's like a little cozy. I'll get to that. Okay. okay. Um, so lately, women real estate agents in the area have been getting harassing phone calls, and one has been recently murdered. Um, and what I like is the book basically opens up with that. Like you open up on the first page and the, the ladies, the, the real estate agent ladies are at like a self-defense training, like demonstration that the police in, in the county are giving, mm. um, as part of this. So they like, you know, you're thrown right into it. Uh, in, in media's res yep. or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> I learned once. Yep. 
Um, so, so not the murder itself, but the scenario. So, so even all the other real estate agents are at that self-defense course that's been put together for their benefit. Um, and that's where we get all our information about the other characters and the murder. And it goes on from there with Eve sleuthing around, asking questions, getting some sketchy phone calls herself, and eventually coming upon another murdered real estate agent. Yeah. Um, now, the other interesting thing about this book, or at least what I think is interesting, it was published in 1997, which was, if my math is correct, 24 years ago. We'll go with it. Yep. Um, <laughs> there's descriptions of, of faxing, of pagers, of cable TV, like it's a, like, like it's a big thing. Nothing, nothing really, like, to, to, you know, like... You know, this isn't horse and carriage times, mm-hmm. but, but you know, there's just the brief descriptions of some things where I'm like, oh, pagers. Like, you know. <laughs> um, but I also think that's why I enjoyed reading it is because, you know, um, books published more recently, I feel, mention like YouTube and Facebook and like iPads and stuff. Just like, and it, and it sort of just takes me out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, Too real. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It, it, I just don't like seeing newer social media sites or technology mentioned mm-hmm. in my books. Um, so obviously, none of that stuff was invented yet when this was published, so I didn't have any of it. Um, I think in 1997, we, we didn't even have a family computer yet. Yeah, no, no. Yeah. So, it felt like a very sort of traditional kind of mystery mm-hmm. with, with just sort of her Eve going around and talking to people and sort of sussing out whose whose stories don't make sense and that that kind of thing mm-hmm. you know no no like i got a text from so and so and they said this or this or like well somebody posted on so and so's facebook page it's so suspicious <laughs> you know none of, none of that stuff it's, uh-huh. it's just very very straightforward you know? yeah um and a lot of mentions of annapolis in this one hmm. um there's a scene where it's the naval academy's graduation day and eve who isn't originally from the area is like how bad can this traffic be and it's, <laughs> <laughs> and it's bad which which i thought was funny <laughs> um and and there's also mention of you know like the historical tours at the hammond harwood house with the docents dressed oh, up cool. and i was like oh hey um i know of that uh so those are those are pretty neat bits you know i liked reading about those um, now, now to your question, was this a cozy mystery? Mm-hmm. Um, so cozy mysteries are usually, um, you know, amateur sleuth, not, not a detective, but, um, somebody who is acting as a detective. Um, and cozies are usually more lighthearted. There's kind of a niche with it, like a, like a bake shop or an antique store or something. So like, like you noticed with the title, the final closing, and I noticed with like the real estate angle, um, I thought that this was going to be a cozy mystery, uh, but I don't. I don't think it was. Mm. Um, it's not quite, you know, FBI agent after a serial killer uh, kind of thing. Um, but it's not quite cozy either because I think the content is a little bit more mature or graphic. Than and to be fair, I don't see cat on the cover. That is true. Yeah. yeah. Usually in cozy mysteries, there's some sort of um, animal mascot mm-hmm. of some sort on the cover too to let you know. Warm and fuzzy. <laughs> well, yeah, and the and the. Um, coloring is oh yeah it's a little darker looking definitely ominous Mm -hmm. i Um, don't want to buy that house for sale yeah um so when i when i say like a little bit more mature a little bit more graphic and content i mean that like you know eve is in a is eve is 40 years old she's in a relationship with a 25 year old Mm. that's a little unusual Mm -hmm. especially Mm -hmm. in a cozy mystery (laughs) um you don't see a lot of that in general really um at one point 
she does smoke some marijuana. Oh, oh yeah. Um, and the harassing phone calls are pretty sexual in nature. Uh, yeah. So I would say like this isn't this isn't a this is definitely not a hallmark you know mystery, but it's no. not quite up to like lifetime movie craziness either. It's maybe, a little... maybe Jessica Fletcher. Did you ever watch How, How Murder She Wrote? I did a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I I would say I would say still like a little bit more a little bit more than that. Mm, okay. So so a little bit on the cusp mm-hmm. cusp of of either. Yeah. Like, but but definitely not cozy. So don't go into this expecting cozy. Yeah. <laughs> no um, warm fuzzies. Yeah, it's not that warm and fuzzy. Yeah. But it's not you know, FBI agent having to catch some serial killer who's making people into artwork or something. <laughs> well, in, you're laughing, but you know you, that. That's, no, no, that is yeah, Hannibal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but if you're in the mood for a quick murder mystery with a local touch, this one might pique your interest. Nice. And speaking of Annapolis, um, actually, the author of my next book, Jerry Smith Reddy, mm-hmm. is from Annapolis and lives there, maybe, to this day? I don't know. She was living there at one point, and that's what I found on the internet. So probably a time of publication. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And um, the story itself takes place in Baltimore, so it's not Annapolis, but, you know, still local, mm-hmm. Maryland, and local author, mm-hmm. Annapolis. So just over the bridge <laughs> um she's written she's written several books uh, uh i think it's she has two series out and then she has some short stories and some anthologies and then the book that i read was the first of a three-part trilogy plus one that she later kind of inserted a book in between like books two and three i think mm-hmm. to like fill out something i guess she found needed filling mm-hmm. um so my question for you, Jasmine, is if you had a partner and uh, they died and became a ghost, like, but like you were still actively a partner with them, like, do you do you continue dating your ghost friend, your ghost partner, your friend? my ghost friend? Yeah, your ghost um, friend. Do, do I can do I stay with my ghost friend? Um, yeah. So probably probably not. Okay, cool. Like we would all like to say, like, oh yeah, <laughs> you know, probably probably not. Right. Um, Definitely a conflict, at least. Yeah. And so that's unfortunately what Aura is actually facing in our novel here. Um, so what's interesting is in this uh, universe on Earth, there's been an event called the Shift. Mm-hmm. And everyone who was born after the Shift is now able to see and hear ghosts, um, talk with them even. Well, the ghosts can hear everything that humans say, but only certain humans can hear the ghosts, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, what's interesting too is though the ghosts can't talk to each other. They, they have no. They're they are totally alone, mm-hmm. which I think definitely adds to like a lot of their like. You see in the book a lot of the times they are filled with like a lot of anger and everything like that, mm-hmm. largely from not being heard, also from not being listened, and that's one of the things she talks about is like. Aura is a post shifter, mm-hmm. so she's able to see the ghosts, and occasionally like they're again angry that they died or something like that so they'll start like yelling at you or whatever like that and it's not necessarily the most fun um the government's also after these children now because of course there's um government interest in like they're used in court trials and everything like that as like witness testimony the ghosts are so they need the kids to translate for them and then also they're just trying to create like basically their own version of ghostbusters i guess i would call it um there's a lot more going on in this book than than i was led to believe from what you told me about it before (laughs) yes yes um it's definitely i realized i didn't I didn't think about it going into it. I read another paranormal romance. It's a paranormal romance. Yeah. But I think maybe it focuses a little bit now because it's the whole boyfriend there. Anyway, um, so friend. as I mentioned, 
uh, or, or ask Jasmine about having a boyfriend, Logan exists in this, who is Aura's boyfriend. Mm-hmm. But um, he's a rock star, up and coming. Uh, they have like a punk Irish rock band, I think. Mm-hmm. It's definitely written in the novel, but for whatever reason, genres of music just instantly leave my brain. So um, I'm pretty sure it's an Irish rock band. Definitely know it's Irish. And um, they're approached by like some labels who want to have them, um, you know, have their music or whatever like that. And one of them gives him some cocaine oh, because no. he's like, be cool. You want to be cool with us. And so um, it's like a really special night. They have a party afterwards because it was like their best show ever. And like the labels are out there. Everyone's all super excited and mm-hmm. partying and whatnot. And then they go back to like his room or whatever. And they're just kind of hanging out. And he's falling asleep. And she's like, no, like this is a great night. Like I want to party and do things. And um, so he goes, he's like, well, here, let me go to the bathroom. And like he sneaks off to the bathroom or whatever. And then next thing, Aura knows is she sees this ghost in front of her and she's like what um and so you know now she has a dead boyfriend um and he still wants to be her boyfriend but at the same time there's this other character Zachary who's entered the mix um he to be fair he entered the mix before he was a ghost um and he, he's like an okay guy or whatever like that um, so now Aura's faced with like, you know, real human person. I'm also grieving the death of my boyfriend, but my boyfriend's not really dead. He's stuck in this like pseudo, like, you know, limbo. Uh, limbo. Yeah. I enjoyed it. Um, there was a lot going on. I didn't necessarily know what was going to come each chapter. I did have a feeling about what was going to happen in the ending, but you know, when you know the book is going to be a trilogy, mm-hmm. you kind of see how certain things have to continue. Um, but it was a lot of fun. I hate the cover. Ah. Don't let the cover art of these books lead you astray. I think it is ugly, and it honestly really has no real connection to the story whatsoever, other than the fact that it's a young woman on the on the cover. There's there's that. There's the color red, which is referenced. Um, ghosts hate the color red for whatever reason. Um, color of life. I, yeah, Maybe? blood yeah. or something. Eh, who knows? Um, Find that out in the next books. Yes, exactly. And there, that's the thing. There's we're trying to figure out why the shift happened, all that stuff. There, there's it's a that's a good parallel of romance. But there is one thing that I need to mention that I left as a little note that I wanted to talk about you earlier, and I had to save it for the podcast. Yeah. Um, at one point, they go to a restaurant, and there's a ghost server in there, uh-huh. and they're like, like it's a restaurant, and like the waitress is a ghost. And so it's four post shifters who are kids who are able to see them. And so you, your, your ghost waitress comes over and you order food from her. And mm-hmm. she goes and tells someone in the kitchen who's alive, who's a post shifter, who can hear her. And like she gets the order. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that was the most dismal part of the book. I was like, oh my gosh, even in death, this woman can't escape work. Like she, she, st- and she's like talks about how she has like a baby child that she's trying to support or whatever like that. Mm-hmm. But. Yeah, read this book. Um, I promise it's not all depressing. Uh, it, it's it's a fun take on like you know the ghost boyfriend. I think mm-hmm. ghost boyfriend. So you ghost friend. So you would read you would read the next in the, uh, the um. Trilogy? Actually, I just received that one recently, and I'm going to be starting on it. It's shift. Um, and the last one is sh- never mind. I'm not going to get into it. No. That's that's a spoiler. Is it? Yes, what I was going to say. Oh, I thought you were going to say the title. Oh, no, the title of the last one is Shine, yeah. So it's so Shade, Shade, Shift, Shine. Shine, okay. Um, yeah, local book. Nice. <laughs> All right. Um, so my last fiction choice is a graphic novel uh, that I hadn't heard about called Local. 
the title is local, mm. uh, by Brian Wood and Ryan Kelly. Um, and in fact, I was not the one to originally find it. That was you, Derek. It may still be checked out to me. I don't think... Oh, yeah, maybe. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I thought I had checked it out. Okay, well, I, I read it. <laughs> um, because of the title, mm-hmm, which is mm-hmm. which is just local. Um, I like it, literal. Yeah, literal. Um, so I just grabbed it from you and read it. And the premise of this graphic novel is that over 12 issues, we are following one year in the life of a girl named Megan um, in a different city, in a different state. Um, the very first issue has her as a 17 or 18 year old thereabouts who is being tasked by her boyfriend to essentially uh, commit fraud and other crimes mm. at a pharmacy to get prescription drugs for him. Um, and she imagines the various consequences of that action and eventually just decides to leave the boyfriend and her car um, and set off on her own. Um, so she's essentially transient, just going from place to place. And in the following issues, we see her at various jobs or in different relationships. And in most of them, she's not really... She's either she's either not doing great or she's not acting great. Mm-hmm. Uh, she makes a lot of mistakes, but you do definitely see her mature over the course of the book. Um, as I said, each each new issue or chapter is like one more year in her life, so so we see her sort of get herself together. Um, but it happens fairly fairly slowly. Some mm-hmm. of the things she does, oh boy. Um, but uh, the other thing is, in some chapters, she's not the main focus. She's in all of them, um, but there's stories that she just sort of pops in. Um, like in one chapter, it's the story of a band that broke up, and um, one of the like the the lead singer, like the vocalist, is being interviewed, and we just sort of see the rest of the band members sort of going about their lives, um, and we see her interact with one of the members as he's walking down the street because apparently she's a fan, so she's not the main focus, but she's she pops up in there. Mm-hmm. Um, or in one where the main character is actually her cousin, and she's there um, in the postcards that she sends to him. Um, as she goes from place to place. Um, so I really like that kind of format. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and the title is kind of ironic then, because Megan's not really local anywhere, mm-hmm. um, because she just keeps moving, either because she quits her job or burned her relationships, or it was just time to move on to something new. And this is an adult graphic novel. Um, I've read and talked about quite a few of them before, but this one is both fairly adult and graphic. Mm. Um, there's drugs. There's sex and nudity. There's quite a bit of violence, some murder, um, mainly, but not always because the situations that Megan gets herself in aren't great. So it's fairly gritty and dark, but it gets lighter at the end as she kind of comes into her own. Um, And at the very end of the book, she's 30. So, you know, hopeful ending that we all can get our act together by that age. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I also like... Uh, yep. I also like how at the end, um, it looks sort of like they just put all the creator's notes that had been in the back of each issue. Um, they just sort of put it together as like a, a commentary um, or making of accompanying each chapter. Um, and also very neat, I thought, is how uh, both the artist and writer have a recommended playlist for mm-hmm. each issue. And one of the quote unquote roll credits uh, for a chapter was King of Carrot Flowers, part one by Neutral Milk Hotel. Um, a band that we both know and enjoy, yeah. Derek and I. So that was neat. Um, so to be honest, this is—I think this would would still be slice of life. Mm-hmm. It's it's a it's a darker, grittier slice of life <laughs> than what you're used to. Um, but you know, this this is very much just sort of day to day kind of dramas. Um, 
And if that sounds like something you'd like to read, then by all means, check out Local. I really enjoy that um, that one bit, how it has, like, the perspective of her, like, from, like, other people. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's That also itself, for some reason, feels like a fun play on the concept of Local, like, you know, as if it's, like, someone who's local around, you know, you just see passing. Yeah. Yeah, it was a, it was, it was a neat graphic novel. Nice. Yeah. So, so I, I think that's that's all we have for both of us, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Talk about all of our books. Okay, yeah. We've talked a lot about local books today. Um, time to wrap it up. Um, next month's theme. We're going to be talking about dinosaurs. Ooh, you're very excited. I am excited about dinosaurs. There's so many kids' books about dinosaurs. I have a wealth. A wealth. A yeah. plethora of dinosaur books. To it's harder. It's more trying to figure out which one I'm going to choose. We'll see what I can scratch together. <laughs> the adult books about dinosaurs. Fiction and nonfiction. I'm sure they're out there. Oh, they, they, I'm going to find them. Um, all right, so let's sign off. Thank you to the Queen Anne's County Library for letting us uh, record our podcast. Thank you to Hayden for editing the podcast into something acceptable for people to listen to. Um, and thank you especially to the staff at Ken Island for letting us once again um, take up the kitchen for about... I'm going to say an hour because I still have to get this right. <laughs> um, one day we'll soon, hopefully we will have our own little, little space to record. Oh yeah. yeah. That would be very exciting. Yeah. With our expansion. But until then, and until then we're just going to keep stealing the kitchen. <laughs> um, so see you next month when we talk more about books about dinosaurs. Thanks for listening and searching the catalog with us. Yeah. Have a good day, everyone. <laughs>